Good morning, church. We're delighted that you've come to worship, whether you are online or with us here in person. It is always good to the people of God come together to sing praises, to pray, to hear from the word. Today I want to welcome, I'm going to try really hard not to butcher your name, so be gracious to me, Lord, and Dr. Kayefe. Oh, yay, Dr. Kayefe, who is our guest um, conductor this morning. We still have Ms. Dahlberg, who is back again as our organist. And then I also want to introduce to you Frances Lynn. Frances Lynn is an elder, ruling elder, and she is also a candidate in the process to become a teaching elder of Word and Sacrament. And so she's not quite there yet. She has to do all these pastoral care hours, and this is part of it. And she needs one more exam that I know she will ace. And I know this because I'm chair of the committee and I bug her all the time. But we're so happy to have you here, Francis, and just a delight. Will you now please join me in the call to worship? Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horses may go for Truly the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Please stand.
join me in the prayer of confession. Holy God, Lord most gracious, rebuke us not in your anger, nor chasten us in your wrath. Holy, you have called us to come to you. We feel unworthy, for we have failed you again and again. We feel like running away, yet you keep calling us. Have mercy on us, O oh God, have mercy. Heal us from our sin, for we are troubled. Deliver us for the sake of your steadfast love. Our sins troubles us, O oh God. We are troubled by how they have hurt others. We are troubled by how they have hurt us, O oh God. Your ways are right, O Lord. precious God. And whenever we have refused to follow them, we have found out how right they are. Holy God, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us for the sake of your Son, who died to free us from our sins. To you be honor and glory. Amen. Please take a moment for your personal prayers of confession. People of God, hope in the Lord. God in Christ has forgiven us. God has redeemed us from all our iniquities through Christ who loved us and gave himself for us as living bread for the life of this world. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Please take a moment to say hello and give peace to your neighbors. I'm very excited to make a few announcements this morning, beginning with a week from today, five o'clock, we're going to be out on the patio for a summer sunset jazz. And it's going to feature one of our contemporary worship people, Dante Fire. He is excellent. He was here a year or so ago, and he's coming back. So plan on it. And if you like, you can bring your own food, or we will also have a food truck with Pacific Asian Food for your pleasure. Now, if you are me, as I said in first service, this is total, total confession here. I am going to bring food, and I'm going to go to the food truck, because why would you pass up sampling different kinds of food? So I encourage you to do that, and I encourage you to bring friends along with a chair and, or two, just so that we can fellowship together, and that's next Sunday at 5. On the 27th of this month, Saturday, just a little bit before noon, we have our branch barbecue. If you've not yet been able to come down, we really encourage you to do that. We serve the homeless down there, right at the Mission Bay area. And it's a wonderful opportunity, less than two hours out of your day, and you will be blessed, and you will bless those who are there. If you're a cookie maker or a brownie maker, we'd love to have those. You can drop them off at church, or you could bring them with you. 
Village Fest is September the 4th. Now, I'm just going to jump to a few things in September because I don't know about you, but I remember when it was April and now it's August. Am I right? We're all, yeah, there, yes, there we go. So what I want you to know is that um, Village Fest is, is on the 4th. It is a Sunday. It is right here in the sanctuary and, and just one service, 10 a.m., and then we're going to go outside and have a wonderful another food fest. That's what we do best, so we're going to do it again. So there, you don't have to bring food. It will be provided for you. It's a wonderful opportunity to see everything that's going on in the church. Perhaps sign up for things you haven't signed up for yet. On the 10th of September, that is a Saturday, we have an outing. We're actually going to leave this campus and go do mission work. And we're going to do it down with Urban Life. Urban Life is an organization that works with junior high, high school, and college students both to help them succeed in school and then also to prepare them to launch into the future. It is a Christ-centered, wonderful organization, and they have a neighborhood garden. I have gardening gloves. Bring yours. You can be here at 8 in the morning. You'll be back by noon. And once again, you'll be a great help and learn a lot about what goes on at Urban Life. On the 11th through the 25th, we have the Homeless Veteran Initiatives. This is something we started several years ago. It helps supply the furnishings needed for a veteran who has been homeless, who has now moved into permanent housing. Thanks be to God. But their apartment is empty. So we get an opportunity to fill it with bedding and, and kitchenware and stuff like that. You'll find more, but just put that on your calendar to be engaged in that. And then I'm going down to Oaxaca with a group of folks from here on a mission vision trip. That means that you can come, that you can see everything that's going on in one of our missions, Plant With Purpose in particular. If you want to know a little bit before you go, we have a gala on September the 17th here up in Carlsbad. But Plant With Purpose is a holistic ministry centered on Christ that helps the rural poor. So come and speak with me afterwards if you would like. Now I want to invite up two people who are Stephen leaders. We are beginning our, a new Stephen ministry training course here, and Penny and Nancy are here. Penny's going to be the spokesperson. Um, my name's Penny Cox, and this is Nancy Ryan. Um, Stephen ministers are members of this congregation. We're especially trained to listen, care, encourage, and support people who are giving, going through really tough times right now. The Village Church is offering a Stephen Ministry class starting next month in September. The classes will be held here at the church every week. You do not need any special degree or certificate to be a Stephen Minister, just the desire to help people. We need both men and women for this upcoming classes. We offer the words and the tools so you'll know what to say and maybe what not to say when helping people, plus saying it all in love. We give people a soft place to land when the world seems to be way too much for them. Going through Stephen ministry has changed me. It's made me a lot better. And with God at the center of all this, it's just been a wonderful journey for me. If this sounds like something for you, come see us after service, ask some questions, and maybe even sign up. We'd love to have you. Thank you. And there is a Stephen ministry table outside, so you can find them out there and speak with them. Thank you, Nancy and Penny. And I just want to remind you, you guys were so enthusiastic last week that you brought the offering forward early. 
Resist that temptation. We'll have it after the prayers, but for right now, let our hearts be given to the Lord as we hear our anthem today.
Let us pray. Great God of mercy and healing, Lord of peace and wholeness, we give you thanks for your amazing love is never ending. Your compassion is never ceasing. Lord our God, you know the hearts and souls of us all, including those who govern in this world, this country, and this community. Fill all the leaders with ever-increasing determination to persist in speaking your truth of love, justice, and mercy on behalf of the most marginalized and oppressed near and far among us. We especially lift up those who perished or displaced in the flood of Eastern Kentucky and Death Valley. Lord, have mercy on them and their families. Ease the sorrow of all who mourn. Lord, we ask you to blank them, blanket them with your peace that transcends all understandings. We also ask for your leader, your tender care for those suffering from the chronic illnesses or going through treatments. Lord, you are the mighty physician who can heal, restore, and make us whole. We ask for your mighty power to strengthen us as we wait patiently for you. Lord our God, we give you thanks for Pastor Jack and Pastor Jan and the leaders of Village Church. We thank you for sending them to guide us on our journey to you. Grant them continuing renewal of faith and confidence in teaching and proclaiming the good news of Christ, as well as fulfilling your purpose and plan for the people from this church and those in our community. God of grace and glory, develop in us a spiritual thirst that seeks to quench only in the service to your holy will. Through your enduring love and grace, let us strive to live out the image of Christ as you had asked us to do. Oh God, today you have called us together to be the church. Unite us when we come to your table and in one loaf and one common cup, make us one in Christ Jesus. Let your spirit empower the life we share and ignite our witness in the world. With all who have gone before us, keep us faithful to the gospel teachings and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Give us strength to serve you until the promised state of resurrection, when with the redeemed of all the ages, we will feast with you at your table in glory through Christ, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church. Almighty God, hear our plead and thanksgiving as we pray now with the prayer that your beloved had taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Will you please stand with me for the reading of the word from the epistle Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Joseph, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that was foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he, was, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thank you. Please have a seat. Join me in prayer, will you? Holy Spirit of God, come and breathe afresh into us your word. May I lean more heavily upon you, Holy Spirit, and what I have to say, may it honor you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and may it encourage each of us in our walk and in our faith. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, true disclosure here. My mic is going crazy. (laughs) Full disclosure here. I like PBS Masterpiece Theater, Grantchester. It's really fun. It's about a vicar. How many of you, like, I'm watching all this out here. They're all good. I'm not alone. Um, It is about a vicar in um, Grantchester, which is in England, close to Cambridge. And he kind of takes care of his parish and the community. But he also works alongside this detective, kind of a, just like a, uh, earthy, earthy d- detective, that's why we call it. And they solve mysteries of murders. And so they're murders, and, and you've got this detective that goes by the book, and then you've got this vicar that has compassion, and he's intuitive, and he's great with people, and, and all these things. And it's a wonderful kind of series. The next one's coming out soon. I'm kind of waiting for it. Um, but in the midst of all these characters, and we've had a second vicar now, there is the housekeeper. Mrs. C. Now, she is very, very religious and more than somewhat cantankerous and grumpy. 
And that's kind of who she is. And she is quick to judge others and their comeuppings and finds herself always on the right side and everyone else always on the wrong side. This poor little boy was carving in the pews. I think of some of you folks who helped put this lovely sanctuary together and wondered what you would do. Well, she was, in no short words, told this child he was going to eternal damnation for doing that and there was no hope for him at all. And so the vicar has to come in and kind of put that back. But she's, she lives a righteous life. And then she comes up with cancer. Now this is between 1952 and 1959. And she is struggling. She hasn't told her husband. Uh, the former curate has found out and he's kind of her friend and comes alongside, but she is so vexed by this. And there is a scene and she goes into the vicarage to, to pray. And, uh, and she begins to say to him how obedient she's been to him, that I've been fair, I've done good, I will be ever so good the rest of my life. I pray every day. I abide by your rules. I wanted to live, and you turned your back on me. She has pleaded, she has hoped, she has prayed. And she says to God, I am done with you. I don't believe in you anymore. And she storms out of the vicarage. Now there's someone who had really hoped that their faith was based on following all the rules and doing it correctly. The book of Hebrews is about a group of folks who even though they had embraced Jesus, they were Jews who had converted to Christianity. They still kind of hung on. They still kind of hung on to their rules because they were under great persecution and they were having a really hard time. And they thought, well, maybe if we do all the rules right uh, then and follow our rituals, that with Jesus, that should, should cover us and we should end this persecution that we're feeling. And Hebrews wrote to them and saying, not so quick. Don't lose that grace. Don't fall back where you were. Fast forward five decades later, a, a dear, dear friend of mine had um, been diagnosed with lung cancer. And a group of uh, people, myself included, were going to gather around and pray for her. And I remember her saying, I just have to have enough faith and God will heal me. As if we have more power to heal by our desire than God has in his power of promise. Faith is seeing the big picture. And for most of us, it's trying to see the big picture in this little tiny smartphone that we carry around. But the big picture is so much bigger than that. And so what I want to do is I want to just walk us through parts of this passage again. We, we skipped a few verses talking about a few saints. I'll mention them. And we just hit at the very core of what it means. And it begins with, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the convictions of things not yet seen. 
Faith in this text is not meant to be exhaustive. We hear a lot about faith. We see, you know, David in, in the Old Testament, he's, he's, just, he, he's a walking sinner. I love him to death for that reason. <laughs> but he comes to God and he goes, oh, but I need your mercy. I need your grace. He kind of understands that. And he knows that his faith in God is what is where he needs to put his trust, not in himself. And you see in many people that faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. In this case, it's our complete confidence in God, the assurance of what God will do. It is God. It is given both in the present tense, but it's meant to go further. It's meant to continue. It's meant to go on all the way, kind of like a boat, the, the kind of landing boat you know, that goes right up into the the sand and, and opens up and you just walk right out. It's not one of those cruise ships, you know, that I get, think, get lost. It is a boat that comes and puts us at the very last destination, rolls us right out there. That's the faith that we're talking about here. We're talking about a faith that sustains us and brings us forward, but it is God who gives that to us. It is God who brings that in his promises. This is what keeps us going. That assurance, and that word assurance is used in the very first chapter of Hebrews, and it's called the very being, the very essence, and Christ is attributed with that, the very being of God. That is the assurance we have of God's faith and God's work in us and through us. The theologian Reuben Alves, a Brazilian theologian back in 1920s, was trying to help the Reformation of South America, and he said this, hope is hearing the melody of the future, and faith is dancing to that melody in the here and now. I probably won't remember anything else. Remember that. Not, not, that's a great quote. Let me say it again. Hope is hearing the melody Hope is hearing the melody of the future, and faith is dancing to that melody in the here and now. So let's look at this. So Hebrews 11 is about a bunch of geezers, and I am one, so I figured you all are probably, if you're not there yet, you will be, a bunch of old people. These are people who are long gone, but these are people who in their old age, most of them remained faithful. And they got called. Don't think you have to be called when you're young or you're done. Let me tell you, Abraham, who we're going to look at here, was old, old, old. I just wonder, which of these geezers, and you could read that whole chapter, you read the whole book of Hebrews, it has lots of names in there. Who are you? What is it that you resonate with in the people that are listed in this? Now, in the first few verses, I, verses 4 through 7, I didn't give you their names. Familiar names, Abel, who died straight away, um, Enoch, who was so good, so righteous, like Abel was righteous, Enoch was righteous, God just took him straight up to heaven, and then you have Noah. Now, here's the good news. In Hebrews, he doesn't spend any time telling you all the evil of these people. And let me tell you, they got into a lot of trouble along the way. He just tells you that these are the faithful people that, that God brought along and that, that are his people. Those are the righteous people. The group that I went to look at are what I call the sojourners. These are people who are on a journey. 
And I want to look at, again at Abraham and Sarah for a few min minutes, just remembering that the letter was to the Hebrews who knew Scripture. The, people, the Hebrew people knew the Old Testament Scripture. Now, Abraham and Sarah, first known as Abram and Sarai, are from Genesis chapter 11. We first hear about them, and we hear about them because Terah was the father of Abram. And he had three sons, two survived, and Abram married Sarah. And the one thing they say about Sarah is that she was barren. That's her identity, Sarah the barren. And you have Abraham, and they journey with Tehran, their father, over to a new land called Canaan. And we know that Terah lived to be over 200 years old. Now, so far, it hasn't told us anything about how righteous Abraham was. By the way, it's void in there. It hasn't told you how faithful he was. It hasn't told you anything other than he married a woman who couldn't have children. And they go to Canaan, and then the Lord comes to him. And, um, and he says this to him, and this is a very, very famous, uh, our marching orders as well as God's marching orders to Abram. Listen to the I words in here. God comes to Abram and says, go from this country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth, and through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram, as Abram right here, hasn't done anything. God comes to him and says, I have a wonderful plan for your life. By the way, it's really difficult and a lot of suffering along the way, but don't worry about that. I'm coming to you, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to give you, and everyone on the face of the earth will be blessed through you. By the way, Jesus is related to Abraham. This you know. All the world is blessed. The language is I, not you, in terms of what God expects. This is what I'm going to do. So when it says the assurance of faith, that is the assurance of God's very being instilling that faith into us. And so God calls and gives Abraham the faith to go forward, and lo and behold, Abram, or Abraham, takes his barren wife and Lot, and they head out in a direction that they have no idea where they're going. Try a day without your GPS in your car, your Siri, or your triptychs, or they don't know, but they're going to be obedient because God has said, go, okay. And they face a lot of trouble now, just so you know, Abraham is not perfect. He, he tries to help God out. He keeps complaining that, you know, I am kind of old, like 75 when you started this, and he's 100 years old before he has, finally, the promise fulfilled in his son Isaac. His wife is 65 when they begin, so he's kind of impatient, lo and behold. So he wants to help God out. God, you promised this, but nothing's happened. So Sarah thinks, well, I'll give him my maidservant, Hagar, 
And that should fulfill God's promise because, again, I have to pray right or say it right or work with all my rules to make God really work. That's kind of a translation of that. God said, don't. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Sarah laughs at him. Uh, Abraham calls her her sister so he doesn't get in trouble with Pharaoh. He, he's not an ideal person to follow other than God was with him and he remained faithful. And he continued with God. When faith wavers on their journey, God is still there. It tells us about Abraham and what God gave to him and what God provided for him. In a real sense, who Abraham became in this journey of faith. Abraham, number one, trusted the one who called him. And he trusted the one who sent him, even when he hadn't a clue where he was going. Secondly, for survival, Abraham had to be totally dependent upon God. At the end of the day, we have to lean into God. We have to trust God for that. He was uprooted, sent to a foreign land, an unknown place, and one should make note that neither Abraham, nor Isaac, nor Jacob ever found a place. They were sojourners. They were exiles. They were in a foreign land. Hebrews 11, chapter 17 said this, strangers and foreigners on earth, they never settled. And yet, their destination was never in doubt because God had called them, God had led them, God had told them. That is a kind of faith that Hebrew writer is trying to tell to them, don't lose heart of that. You're on a journey with God and we know where the final destination is. Now Abraham trusted in the promises of God, even when he kind of got lost along the way. It still moved forward in obedience. The boat of faith and promise is geared for landing safely. We may hit some rough waters along the way, and if you read the last part of Hebrews, it talks about all the suffering of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. They all suffered in their obedience to do the call of God to be faithful. But the landing is coming. The promise is there. And we're going to land on those shores. In the good timing, God sent to us his son, Jesus. Remember, Christ comes from heaven to dwell among us, to die for us, to be raised up for us, and to return to heaven with us. That's the promise. That's the hope we have. There's a wonderful song called, um, written by Mercy Me, a Christian group. And the title is, Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. And here are the lyrics. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Christ has provided for us that way. The forefathers and mothers 
trusted that promise, that it would come, that it would be there, and through hundreds of years, centuries, they remained faithful. Wherever we go, whomever we see in ourselves, in this journey, we are the Lord's. From the most righteous to the Mrs. C who's so struggling over disappointment. And today we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Some have wondered, how good is this Lord's Supper with these crazy little cups? The most awkward thing in the world. Now, if you're home and you have your own bread and wine, God bless you. You are blessed beyond reason. We have to deal with these. But you know what? This is just a foretaste. Like our time on earth, it's just a taste. It's not yet the great feast. And we will struggle, but we will use them because we want that good taste from God. We are here, brothers and sisters, because Christ has called us strangers and friends, locals and visitors, believers and doubters, the certain and the curious. It is always a mixed company that Jesus gathers and invites to his table. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to trust. You just have to have faith that the promise of God is for you. Not always because we understand it perfectly or not always because we feel understood, but because Christ is here for us. So I invite you and all to come and be present for the Lord's Supper. bread, after giving thanks to God, he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I invite you to take the bread and partake. In the same manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. And every time we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, we remember Christ saving death until he comes again. Let us take this cup of salvation and drink together. Pray with me, please. Lord God, we do know how much you love us, that you would give your son, not only give your son to us, but give to us the promise, the promise that you are current with us now and that you are current with us all the way till you collect us in your kingdom triumphant. Lord, but a taste of the great feast that you are preparing 
May this nourish our bodies. May we grow in strength and in knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit, now and always. Amen. is the melody of the future. Faith is to dance to it. Put on your dancing shoes, folks. 
Go out in the faith that is given to us by God and live in the hope. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.